Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, good morning, and nice to be with you, sir. Yes, good morning, and uh, I always say this when I do my coaching call in Australia. I always say good morning, good evening, depending on where you're at, because they're in the evening uh, of that same night, 12-hour difference or whatever it is. So, But anyway, wherever you are, whatever time you're listening to this, you know, greetings to you guys, and thanks for being on the call with us. Well, we have a, a, a great topic for uh, everyone today, and uh, Allie, I'll let you introduce it and um, kind of build it up, and, and let's hit it. Yeah, and let's, let me lead into this by saying it's quite interesting at how all school owners somehow feel that they're going through this isolated, unique experience in their school. Um, they'll say things like, hey, well, that won't, you know, that doesn't work in my town because I live in, you know, Pennsylvania, or that doesn't work in, I had, once I had my instructor go, this is different here in Bermuda. It's different here in Costa Rica when I had all my schools around the world. And I said, no, it's not really. You know, well, they're not going to spend that much money or they're not going to do that. I'm like, listen, that's just because you don't know what you're doing or you're not sure how to do it. So um, it, it, the reason why I bring this up is it's interesting because uh, it's a topic that I was inspired with this morning just driving my daughter to school. Um, the, this old saying is a martial arts saying used quite often in Aikido. It says, fall down nine times, get up ten. Um, you know, so basically... Uh, the message is no matter what happens, you have to always pick yourself back up again. So anyway, I, I told you that this morning, right? And you told me that you ran into some struggles, um, not, not necessarily this weekend uh, as a sh overall, but you had a little bit of glitches in an event you ran. And, um, you know, you, uh, you ran like an inter-school tournament. Maybe you could tell everybody about it, but it makes that saying, it's perfect. That's exactly what you were just talking about. So we are experiencing the same exact thing, maybe slightly different, but at the same exact time, right? Do you want to tell people what happened this this weekend, or you you know? Which yeah, basically, way? yeah, we ran an inter school tournament, and um, you know there were some glitches. I I didn't forward think. I don't know what the heck I was thinking, but you know my first problem was as I ran the tournament right the same week as our belt testing, and so um, by the, the by the weekend, uh, number one, everybody was a new belt. Uh, some people got registered as the new belt. Of course, they don't know the new belt information. Um, and so, therefore, they got put into the wrong rings. And that was only about three or four individuals that that happened with. And then there was some, like any tournament, there's disappointments and uh, challenges in, in running things. And uh, uh, people not winning and thinking things weren't fair and those type of things. And it, it, you just stop and you think, you ask yourself the question, is this really worth it? Like, why even do the tournament? I mean, I, yeah, did we make some money? Certainly. But, um, you know, if somebody quits, uh, it, was it even worth it? And so I, I just kind of, yeah, so that's what happened. And, and, and I just made the decision, and, I, and I, I do this anyways, is I make the decision not to make a decision when I'm under stress or or uh, feeling emotional about something, I really need to take a few days off before I can actually rationally think about it. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? I, as you know, I've been running tournaments, and, and I run the largest tournament circuit in all of New York State with two other partners. Um, and I also have been doing inter-school tournaments. We call them a shiai. Um, you know, a shiai in Japanese means a friendly, competitive gathering between family, you know, dojo members and so on. Um, and, you know, I, I've, I have to tell you, I've lost many students over my tournament circuit. I mean, uh, probably, uh, you know, probably tens of, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in lost revenue. But I've also, you know, on the business side, I've also gained, 
you know, 10 times that in, in revenue. But I, I've often felt like you. I said, like, why is it even worth it? Um, should I even do it anymore? And there was a time where I almost shut my tournament circuit down and stopped doing inter-school tournaments because, and that's why a lot of school owners will say, I don't get involved in the tournament circuit because there's really no control factor there, right? You know, we could kind of almost control our environment in the school, when people are going to be tested, you know, how uh, prepare them to make sure they do well on their test, you know, going basically over everything. Um, and, and controlling it, but in the tournament, you never know. It's the luck of the draw. It's all about them. But, but that's the real question, isn't it? Isn't that the ultimate lesson? Can they defend themselves in the street? Can they perform their technique under pr pressure? Can they compete in an environment that's not the norm? And um, you, in your defense, Dwayne, you're going to make mistakes, and you're not going to think of everything. And that's why we do the event journal, where uh, we right. fill it out and we write down every mistake that we made, all, all the little things that you did. So the next time you're going to do this event, you pull that sheet out and you go, oh, that's right, I have to make sure that if anyone got tested recently, I give them a call and tell them that they have to bump up in rank. Or, oh, yeah, we have to make sure that, you know, these people realize what time they have to be there. How, even though it was on the flyer, even though you may have posted it on the newsletter or whatever, we will then call people that day and we'll say, okay, you know, we'll do, if there's 100 people competing, we'll call all 100 of them and say, don't forget, you have to be there at, 11. So be there, you know, your tournament starts at 11, be there at 10.30, and we try to eliminate the chance that they're not going to show. Right. So, you know, so it's well, all about... Well, you know, I had a, I had a competitor that uh, specifically got angry that uh, they um, didn't win their sparring match. They got second place, they didn't get in first place, and, and there was some legitimacy behind what was said, but like I told this competitor and also the parent was that you know, unfortunately, I can't change what happened. And, right. And I told the competitor, I said, I will look into what happened. Right. But at some point, you have to come to the conclusion that even though it may have been unfair, you have to make the decision on whether you're going to move on because she, you know, this competitor wanted to quit. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you're going to allow this one instance to control you so much so that you're going to quit or you're going to decide to you know, learn from it, deal with it the best that you can, and move on forward because you're going to have disappointments in life. And that's the whole philosophy that we're talking about is, you know, where you fall down nine times and you get up ten. Right. Right. And, you know, it's interesting, though, Dwayne, and, and I agree with everything you just said. I always take the Eastern spin on it, the Eastern philosophy spin on it, and I'll say to a parent, I'll go, um, so, you know, parents will say, I'll go, hey, how the kids do? And they'll go, oh, he did okay. I'm going, like, let me stop you right there. You know, he did perfect. He did awesome. And they'll be like, well, well you know, he's only got a third place. And, and I go, okay, is that bad? And then they'll say, well, you know, we would have loved him to done first place or whatever. And I go, yeah, we all want to win, but we don't always win in life. And you know what? Losing, and I talk about this on a video that I just put out on my YouTube page about that same topic, fall down nine times, get up ten. I said, if we're always constantly looking at winning, as the win, sometimes, most of the time, we're going to lose. But if we understand the concept of failure being a part of our success, it's part of the stepping stone in life, we start to understand that we could work harder. We won't be afraid to fail if we understand that it's inevitable. Like, for instance, I know people who train with Steven Seagal, and, um, and, and I've done many, many seminars with him back in the day, uh, Steven Seagal, actor, movie star, if people don't know him. And um, anyway... 
you not know them? (laughs) Some people don't nowadays, right? You know, when you look at the younger generation, I bring up Bruce Lee. They're like, who? Jean-Claude Van Damme, Chuck Norris, Steven Seagal. They're like, who? And I'm like, okay, never mind. (laughs) You know, Uh, but anyway, so uh, Steven Seagal's black belts, they knew they were literally going to fail their first or second attempt at their black belt test. They just knew it was a part of the test. In fact, and, and, and by the way, if they didn't try hard, if they knew they were going to fail, they would never make it to their black belt. So in other words, you had to go out and give it your 100% knowing that you were going to fail. Isn't that, and if you think about it, there's a beauty in that. And um, I feel sad that parents don't do that quite often with their kids. And I, I sometimes will say to the parents, can you say the word wah? <laughs> you know, like, they're like, what? I go, yeah, the word wah. And they're like, yeah, wah. And I'm like, okay, that's exactly what I'm hearing when you're complaining that you didn't win. I'm hearing this whining sound. Because to me, that means nothing. Right? And that's just the way life is. Well, and I think the um, sometimes the unique position that we have is that we have to sometimes parent the parent so that right. they know how to parent. Um, and they, I find that that in and of itself is an art. <laughs> well, no doubt. But I think you, and know, you know what? Uh, I, I was going to quickly say this. I, I have an idea now that I think in my next newsletter, which is which is actually I don't have to sit down and do this tomorrow, but uh, my next newsletter is coming out for um, next month, and 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 it'll come out on Wednesday. Is I think the lead article needs to be something about like um, something with regards to lose to win. Or something right. like that. Well, because, I, I wrote an article. Um, I, I wrote an article that's similar to that, and I'll share it with you called "I Quit," and we'll talk about that in a second. But you should definitely share that. Yeah, no, I, I just you know that I thought about it. I wanted people to do the tournament, and at the beginning of this month, I had uh, an article about the, uh, the you know the five reasons that their kids should do a tournament. And to quickly right. give everybody the backstory is. I haven't done an inter-school tournament in probably four years, um, right. maybe, or, or three years, maybe. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I really had to get my, juice my base back up, um, you know, and out of the possible 100 and, uh, I don't know, about 170, 175 people in the age range that could have done the tournament, we had 64. So I okay. was pleased with you know, I was pleased with that amount of individuals, you know, willing to do it. Now I just need to obviously push, push it for the next one that we're going to do in the fall. Um, right. And uh, I'm, I'm actually going to go and go back and I know this isn't what we're talking about, but I'm going to go back and, 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 and talk to every single uh, parent and, right. and uh, get their, their viewpoint on this. But anyhow, I, I think a, an article in the next newsletter referring about losing to win is going to be a good idea. Anyways, you're going to say something about I quit. No, I I absolutely love what you're saying. I think it's amazing because, you know, again, um, what people forget in the martial art industry, you know, we tend to start thinking in in modern day logic with an Eastern philosophy. So it's almost like we travel to Japan and speak Japanese or we don't want to speak Japanese and we try to speak to a person who only understands Japanese and then we get mad at them when they don't listen to what we're saying. So then it goes, it becomes like a Jackie Chan movie and Chris Tucker when they go, do you understand the words, the words that are, yeah. of my mouth? And, and, you know, the person's just looking at them because they don't understand them. 
So we sometimes want people to understand what we do. See, the problem with martial arts is, and I found this to be a struggle for me, is that the, you know, we teach with the mentality that the students will eventually get the lesson. However, in modern day society, in Western society, they want to know the lesson before they get it so that they determine whether it's good for them and whether they'll grasp the lesson fully or else if they don't find a value in it, they glance over the lesson, ignore it, and then obviously they never learn the lesson, right? So um, interestingly enough, we, we run into this struggle with, you know, okay, well, we want them to do a tournament, and then we write the five reasons of why we want them to do the tournament. However, they might be just saying blah, blah, blah. You know, they're hearing, hearing the parents of the Charlie Brown cartoon and, you know, only hearing wah, 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 right? So we have to understand that we have to get to penetrate that skull, like you say, Duane, right? The last half inch is the hardest um, <laughs> part of, you know, the journey, right, is that last half inch to penetrate through the skull, right? So, so if you have a, a marketing campaign, you know, and I say marketing, I'm holding up my quote fingers on how to get people jazzed and how to get them to buy into why they need to fail, why they need to experience, why their kids need to go and win or lose, doesn't matter, but be there and be a part of the team. And, and experience this experience, everything is going to change. And you'll have less people that will be mad, less people that will want to quit, and, and so on and so forth. Well, and I'm thinking, you know, how do, how is, do we as school owners apply that to our own self? Because there's right. so many times that, you know, we get discouraged in, in our business and, you know, be it the marketing campaign didn't work or uh, somebody didn't like us or uh, how we did things and, and those type of things. And I, I think part of what has gotten me through um, some of those difficulties and challenges is, has been, uh, one, uh, you know, having a, a mentor that I can turn to and, and you know, partly – complain, but mostly listen to them say, you know, look, I've been through this before and, and uh, this is how you handle this situation. Also having, you know, friends like yourself, little little mastermind groups, if you will, with uh, other martial arts school owners that, that feel you, you know, that understand what's going on. And ones that, I, 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 you know, I guess would be the ones that won't let you have a pity party for too long. Um, right. Or even at all. And then I know mm -hmm. like you and I, um, we have other individuals in our lives that we, we um, you know, we talk about that we go out to breakfast with or we have meetings with that aren't in the martial arts industry. You know, I've got right. two other guys that their net worth is like, uh, gosh, you know, 10 times, if not 15 times more than mine. Uh, that right. Every two weeks we, we get together for, for two hours and, and talk shop, you know, and talk about our businesses and stuff. And um, and then I have another another two guys that uh, I one I go every week on Thursdays to breakfast with, and then another one we do every other week. And so I'm always trying to get different input from other individuals. And funny, I, I was watching on Fox News this morning, and I can't remember the guy or the book, but he was in the military, and and I wish that I could remember it now. But anyhow, his his whole, the whole premise of his book was with regards to, you know, individuals that come back with PTSD and he was he came back with PTSD and, and prior to nine eleven he was actually over there and he was back um a little after nine eleven and, and come to find out, you know, he started having um the symptoms of PTSD. Well he um I forget what his profession was, uh, what he went to school for. But anyways, he did this research and he went into like the tribes uh, in um uh, the Navajo tribes and, 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 and things like that. And he was trying to figure out why, 
you know, them being a warrior, uh, warrior-like type uh, individuals, you know, why their people, there's no record really of their people having PTSD. Um, right. And then even with Israel, there's only a 1% um, of the population actually uh, has PTSD. Um, and one of his conclusions is, or his hypothesis is that, you know, those individuals live as collective groups. Everybody helps everyone out. With Israel, everybody has to serve once they hit a certain age. And so after they serve, they get back into the population, but they are with everybody that has already gone through what they've gone through. So everyone totally understands what they're going through. Um, And what I took from that with regards to this call is that, you know, he he was saying that we're, as Americans specifically, we're a bunch of islands. We we happen to bump in, into each other every once in a while, but we're really islands. And that's why the, the rate of PTSD for us is, you know, his hypothesis, that's why it's so much higher here is because when when we come back, we don't have, you know, we have our maybe our core family, but we really don't have people that understand. We don't have that communal uh, part that, you know, prior to, um, the, the civilization that we know now, you, you used to have. And, right. you know, with us as martial arts school owners, because we we live like that, we, we think, and you had brought this up at the beginning of the call, that we are the only ones that are going through this, or we're the only ones that have ever had this problem. And, and number one, right. that's not the case. And number two is that's why we're telling you that, you know, you do need to have a community of of school owners that you are talking to on a regular basis to encourage you and help you through that. Um, you do need, um, you know, I, of course, I, I mean, I'm an advocate of, of having a mentor, of having a coach. Um, but at least, at the very least, you've you got to have these other school owners that you're hooking up with to help carry the load and, and be able to have your, your complaint session with them and get it off your chest and then be able to move forward. What do you think about that? I love it. And, you know, what's interesting is that, uh, you know, I'm really, like, I'm disheartened over the whole entire PTSD thing where, you know, 22 police uh, soldiers kill themselves a day. And, you know, I often wonder, and I'm terrible, I have to say that I get angry when I hear that. I get angry at the person. I even got really angry at, you know, Robin Williams when he committed suicide. Um, not for the reason that, you know, uh, you, you know, that he, uh, well, because he did it, one, and because he didn't use all the means necessary to overcome it. But then again, I understand there's mental illness there where people don't have the means because they're not thinking properly. It's a catch-22. So that, you know, it, it kind of goes back to our, you know, our um, thing um, in, in the martial arts. Sometimes we don't realize that, you know, it, it, there are others out there that could help us through this. Like, for example, I just did a coaching call with a guy this morning who's a brand-new school owner. We were originally going to coach. Um, we were going to build a website, and then he took a different route. He, he was going to build a bigger school, and then he decided to do a smaller school. So his entire mindset shrunk. Um, and when I say that in a good way, it shrunk down where he said, well, I'm not going to need to do this big website. I'm not going to need to do this advertising. I'm not going to need to do any of that stuff. And I said, no, nothing really changes just because you have a smaller location. You're still going to want to bring students in. You're still going to want to have full classes. And you're going to be there teaching. So wouldn't you rather have a busier class than, than less? And he's like, yeah, I didn't think of it that way. Because right away his mindset um, shifted. His paradigm had shifted. right? And that's, uh, 
that's important for us to understand. So yeah, we're out there and, and we're, you know, we, we have to reach out when we're struggling. Reach out to someone that could help you, at least someone that could understand your mindset and, um, you know, uh, encourage you to get back up again. You know, and that's right. really well, my... Why, yeah, and why reinvent the wheel? I mean, you know, th- there are there are some things that, again, the group of guys that I talk to that they're, they're every other week, that their net worth is, you know, so much higher than mine. Um, right. They bring they bring me up to another level uh, of thinking than right. what I'm currently thinking, which is great. But then I also right. need individuals that are, <clears throat> you know, that understand my my uh, my plight specifically, mm-hmm. um, because you know they have been in that grind or are currently in that grind. And right. you know to have have individuals in your life that are able to do that for you. Because it's tough. I mean, your spouse can't always do that um, with you. You know, now sometimes if if they're in the business with you, yes. But um, it's always like I say, when you're stuck inside the medicine bottle, sometimes you need somebody else to read the prescription for you. And that's what um, you know. That's that's what a, a, a mastermind group or a mentor specifically can do for you. And right, it's great that. You know, we should have that innate um, thing in us that makes us get up that tenth time. Right. You know, whether or not somebody is there encouraging us or not, but it's all. But it's so much easier when you have somebody else there to be a cheerleader for you and root you on um, to get up that tenth time. And it's it's so true that successful people, and and that's the that's the lesson for us as school owners. Maybe that we need to also teach, and and I'm sure a lot of school owners are already doing this anyways, teach our own uh, individuals in our schools is the most successful people struck out the most or they missed the free free throws the most or they missed the the shots with the hockey puck, uh, you know, the goals the most. And But those those are the ones that take the chances. So they get up and they try more often than the individuals that don't, and that's what makes them successful. And I think we often forget that <clears throat> success is the journey. I mean, the reward is the journey, not the end goal. Um, the end goal is great, um, but really it's the individual that we become and the individual that, that uh, we help others become along that path, along that journey of getting up that tenth time. Every time, but even that tenth time. And you know it's funny. I um, it's not funny, but I remember back when I was a kid. I, I used to love the show I Dream a Genie. Um, most young young boys, you know, loved I Dream a Genie because uh, Barbara Eden was so beautiful at the time. But I remember there was a scene where she had this machine. It looked like an old ancient movie camera from the twenties, and uh, she put in these things called rubles and um, and you know like coins, and she could roll the film forward or roll it backwards. And each time she would roll it forward or backwards, it would start from that point in time and progress to another possible potential option. Very similar to the movie, which I loved with Ashton Kutcher, called The Butterfly Effect, because every little thing would determine where you'd be in the future. If you changed one little thing, it would change a series of events. And quite often um, in our lives, in our business, that's what happens. You know, it's, I always say, and I was telling my students this the other day, um, it's a li- our martial art movements, the actual physical techniques, are alive. They're, they're going to change every single step of the way. I can teach it to you 
how the technique is performed, but if I do it on you, Dwayne, because you're tall, it's going to be different than maybe if I did it on a shorter person or if I did it on a heavy bodybuilder with a thick neck or, you know, everything is live so that there's no one set way to do one set thing. Of course, the concepts are the same, but we have to always be adaptable um, and have the, the mentality of being adaptable to every situation. People don't like that, though. Um, people want solid ground to stand on. They want to know the rules of the game so that they can play the game. Parents quite often get mad at me when something changes, something different in the rules, you know, a different approach. Well, you didn't tell us that someone was going to throw a double kick at my son's head. I'm going like, okay. I mean, but there's, there's always going to be something going on. You have to be prepared to block no matter what's done. Um, and the same thing in business. I mean, the other day it was just like, uh, I remember, and again, I love quoting movies. Steven Seagal was in this movie where he's put in, in, in um, anger management classes. And then after he's done, he gets angry, tears the desk apart. He walks outside, and these guys are robbing his car. And he goes, what am I, a crap magnet? Is that all? I use some choice words, but what am I, a crap magnet? Is that all that happens in my life is I keep getting crap pushed on me? And I felt like that on Friday. I got, you know an IRS notice in the mail, I got a fine on a rental property that they claimed that I didn't have the correct permit, so now I got to deal with all of that. Um, and it's not, you know, it's never ending, right? So we always have to deal with things. That's what being in business is. If you don't want that, um, better to maybe get a job and have a list of things to do every day and do it well. Well, and that's an option, right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. why we're school owners. And then we have people who work for us, and we're always nervous, and we always say, don't train our people too well because they'll go out on their own. Don't give them too much inspiration because they'll go out on their own. No, not every single person wants to go out on their own. Some people might have stints of inspiration or entrepreneurial motivation, but not everyone has that desire. I see it within my own team. You know, sometimes they're motivated, sometimes they're not, but if I died tomorrow and they took my schools over, I guess probably within the few years those schools would be out of business because they're missing the character traits that I have that gets me up every morning and makes me drive every day, push, push, push. Um, if you don't have that, you're never going to succeed. Right, right. So back to the nine. Well, I just want to... Fall down nine, get up yeah, ten. No. Right, and that's what I, I just want to encourage school owners is, you know, I don't know what what your plight is at this moment, but understand that, you know, Allie and I have both been there. Uh, we continue to be there, um, you know, going through those things. And, and I think we gave you some actionable uh, steps to help you get out of those things, be it a coach, be it, um, you know, uh, a mastermind group or other right. individuals that you, that you hang out with and get encouragement from. Um, but ultimately, um, you got to get over it and you got to move past it and learn from it and uh, get up that 10th time because, you know, on that 10th time, that's when the success happens. And, and so it's important to do that. Um, Allie, yeah, and, and what I like about your – yeah, what, what I was going to say, what I like about your particular situation with your tournament, and, I, and this is what I know about you, Dwayne, is that you're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but you're going to go back to the drawing board and you're going to say, okay, I ran into five mistakes or five things happened that potentially could have been bad. Um, people got angry, they didn't, get, they didn't win, this one didn't know their whatever. Um, and you know what, now you go back and you say, okay, what systems can I put in place to yeah. make this situation 
as minimal as possible the next time I do this event. And that's why I love my, my event journal where you go back in, you know, and by the way, if people don't have it, it was all, we talked about it on one of the calls way back when and we gave a copy of it out. It's nothing more than a diary of what you just did. And you probably should be doing it with your staff the very day or the day after or the night, you know, a week after so that everyone still has all the issues, the problems, the things that went well, that didn't go well in mind. And you write it all down and you pop it into a book. So the next time you go, okay, I'm going to do my inter-school tournament, you pull out your marketing, you pull out the flyer, you pull out the campaign that you did, you pull out what went right, what went wrong, how much staff you needed, how much you charged, how much money you made. And all of it's right there because we tend to live the definition of insanity and do the same event over and over again and then sometimes go, damn, I, I told myself I wouldn't make that same mistake. But you forgot because, you, you know, it's, you're human. So the only time you're going to remember is now you have it on paper and then you go, oh, damn it, that's right. I forgot that I have to call those people the week before, you know, and remind them right. of what time it is. So that's why this event journal thing works really, really well. And, and one last thing, Dwayne. And, and, then, and then maybe you could close it up and wrap it up, is for those people that are out there listening and you made it this far in the call, I highly encourage you to take a look at our program, which is called the Next Level School Owners Club. It's part of taking it to the next level, and um, it's a program where Dwayne and I basically have put everything that we have into designing this system to educate you and give you a mindset of an entrepreneur, give you the tools and the skills to actually become a business owner. Not just have little systems to plug in, but actually learn how to be a thinker like Dwayne and I and other highly successful business owners so that when the problem does arise, you already have all the tools in your toolbox. You just have to sort through it at the highest level of understanding. Um, right now, you might not be there. Maybe you're in the middle, but you've got to grow and practice and build those muscles, not physical body muscles, but the brain muscle to be able to accept and learn and adapt and have the tools within your toolbox to be amazing. So check out our program. It's simply uh, www.nlsoc, nextlevelschoolownerclub.com, and take a look at that. And, and you know, watch the videos. There's a bunch of free material, um, a free manifesto, so many good things. So anyway, that's what I just wanted to encourage people now to start listening to that and, and, and trying to you know, take their business and their lives to the next level. Well, and hopefully we've inspired everyone to, uh, you know, again, we don't know where your plight is right now, but, um, you know, if you're going through things, uh, my mom always used to say, this too shall pass. So right. uh, understand that it will pass. But you want to learn from uh, the mistake or mistakes or the situation and make it better, improve it for the next time. And, and so I encourage you to, uh, uh, to re-listen to this call if you need to. Please share this with uh, other martial arts school and friends of yours. Subscribe uh -huh. to our podcast. You can do that through iTunes, and we even have an Android um, opportunity to be able to subscribe as well. So you can check all that out at schoolowner.talk.com. Allie, thanks again for uh, uh, the topic of you know fall down nine times and get up ten, and and uh, thanks for being on the call with me. Awesome, dude. Thank you.